you know, as a developmental editor, I'm trying to find the strategy for telling the story. What mix of character and pacing and setting and plot will be the right strategy to tell the story you're trying to tell? You are inviting an opportunity to make your book better. Hi, I'm Autumn Bardot. Welcome back. I'm an author, writer, maker of cookies. <laughs> Today, I have a special guest, Pam Shepard. She is a developmental editor. And if you watched, I guess it was a few videos ago, I did something on the difference between a beta reader and a developmental editor. So I decided to bring in my friend, Pam Shepard. I've known her for several years now. We talk about a multitude of writing things, including developmental editing. If you haven't already, I would love if you hit that subscribe and that notify button. And when you click that notify button, it notifies you when you pull up your YouTube page that I have a new video. I would really love if you would hit that subscribe button and join the, our writing community here in tips, inspiration, motivation, and uh, author tips and tricks. If you're a new writer, you probably have heard of that word. It sounds scary, developmental editor. And it's not scary. It really isn't. When I first started writing and somebody said a developmental editor, I was like, oh wait, a what? What's that? And it was scary. I remember sending my manuscript away to my developmental editor for my first novel and it was scary. I mean, inside I was scared, but the process was not scary at all. And I had a wonderful developmental editor who told me what I needed to work on and to improve. So Pam is going to tell us exactly what a developmental editor does. And um, that way you'll have a little bit more information about you know, that whole business about authoring and writing. Take it away, Pam. As promised, I have the wonderful Pam Shepard here who is a developmental editor. And Pam today is going to do a bit of a takeover on uh, Autumn Bardo's video YouTube channel. And oh, she's no. gonna discuss everything about developmental edits. So Pam, first of all, give us a little short bio so everybody, the viewers know who you are, where you come from. Um, I have been in sales and marketing with traditional publishers for over 30 years. Um, I have been editing for over 20. That overlapped with the years that I spent in sales and marketing with traditional publishers and as a commission rep for 40 different publishers. So I come to editing from being on the street selling books. It, it gives me a, a, a different uh, look, but the developmental editing is really where I enjoy working with a, a writer. Um, you know, there, there are so many different kinds of editors, but you know, the developmental editor is the one who makes sure that, that the house stands up before you put your, your wallpaper on it, you know? We wanna make sure that the house is sound, that the book is sound, that its structure is solid. A developmental editor is the editor that makes sure that the structure of your book is sound. You want to make sure it stands up, you want to make sure that the pacing is right, the characters are right, the plot is logical, and that it flows from beginning to end logically. You keep in mind that you, you're, you're writing to a reader and we want to make sure that they're happy every step of the way. Okay. 
Okay. So that sounds great. So we've, we've talked a lot about everything pretty much in our, in our zoom group that we're on and on the phone a lot of times. And excuse me, if you hear my dogs barking in the background, because um, yeah, that's just the way this one is going is dogs barking in the background. But, but I know you had said their developmental editors have different styles. And that's true. That's true. You know, um, one of the most important thing, things about working with a developmental editor is that, that because we work so intimately with your book, you want to make sure that we get along. You, know, you want to make sure that our style is compatible with, with your comfort level. You know, there are some developmental editors that will, you know, go into your, into your book and go component by component by component and investigate how well it's put together. You know, I, I go a little differently. I go into the intention of your, your book, what you're trying to say and how you're trying to say it. Because I think the voice of your, of your book is really important. So tell me, Pam, how does a, why does a, a writer, especially a new writer, I think, uh, most critical, why do they need to hire a developmental editor? Well, you know, especially with a new writer, you have learned a certain way of writing and you're starting to put together all the skills. You know, if you were talking about being on stage, you have all these different skills that you're putting together. And as they get to be more invested in how you do things, they're smoother. And a new writer is, is juggling all these new skills of, of plot and characterization and character art, art and, and a, a developmental editor can help you put that in order and make sure that what you're trying to say with, with, the, um, with the story really comes through. We're here to make, make sure that you, that you express in your story what your intention is to express in the story. Okay, so when you, so let's say um, you get a, a manuscript to do a developmental editor, do you just read it? I mean, what's the process? Do you, do you talk to the person first, the author, or how does that work? Oh, that's, that's really fun. Now, the process is multi-layered. Um, I try to read the first round as a reader. And I'll make notes in track changes of my responses as a reader. Uh, and then I go back and I read it a second time as an editor. So if I'm reading it as a reader, I will look for the things that stop me, that stop the reader and, and takes them out of the story. Okay. Anytime a reader says, wait a minute, what was that? Or what does that mean? Or who's saying that? You know, These are the things that will take a reader out of the story. And, and that's the priority, is to keep the reader reading line by line and understanding exactly what you're trying to say. Okay. So you go through that, right? Yep. So you go through that, and then you would just make little marks on that, and then what? Well, the, the, the reason I'm here with your manuscript is to look for the things that are not working and, and put them into your attention and also give you some suggestions for solving it. So we find out what's not working. We talk about what, why it's not working and we come up with some solutions. I'm not writing it. I'm just saying, you know, let's take a look at this piece because it's not quite working. Maybe you need to do this or maybe you need to do that. Sometimes there are, there are gaps in the plot 
or there are there are information dumps that that you know take the reader out of the story. It's I, I always feel that that it's it's done in terms of the reader. You want to keep them reading and enjoying line by line by line without ever stopping. We have to keep them turning those pages. Okay, so let's say you come to an information dump, which we know a lot of new writers tend to do mm -hmm. they, in that information dump. And you said you mark that on track changes. So do you just kind of like highlight the paragraph and say info dump or how no. do you, how do you, how do you, how do you tell them that? Well, it, it certainly depends on the book and it depends on the person. But I always feel that information dumps, there's a reason the information is there, but the way it's there needs to be improved. Sometimes maybe you can take a piece of that information dump and put it slightly in a, in a better place where the information is woven into the, to the narrative rather than dumped in one place. Or you, can, or you can see if the information is really all that necessary or which part of it is necessary. So you, you kind of suss out how it works within the, within the story okay. and how it can work better without taking the reader out of the story. Okay, so I guess there's a question I really wanna ask that I know that a lot of uh, people you know, would like to know is how long does it take <laughs> you to do a developmental edit? You know, there's a lot of thinking times on, on developmental edits. You know, I can, I can read a manuscript, I'll read it through the first time, then I'll walk away for a while, and then I'll read it through a second time and start reading it more slowly as I take, it, take the pieces apart. There is thinking time involved in doing a developmental edit. You can't just sit down and plow through it. At least I can't. I, you know, I might have a, a some situation in the manuscript that I can't figure out. And when I'm grocery shopping, all of a sudden it'll occur to me. Or when I'm at a red light and I'm thinking about how can I fix this problem? And the answer will come. Um, there, there is a lot of thinking about it. I, I usually give it a couple of weeks at least. Sometimes it's a month. Um, I have taken uh, as long as a month or six weeks to, to really analyze a manuscript. So maybe what I think maybe new writers don't understand is yeah, they're giving you their manuscript and they're just seeing the marks, but they don't understand all the actual thinking time that went into making those remarks. Well, there, um, yeah, there is thinking time involved. Um, that's, you know, there are, there, are there are comments put into track changes. But beyond that, there's an editorial letter that gives, in, in, in my style, I give them an overview of the whole manuscript first. And then I start looking at components and I look at the pacing or the point of view or the characters or the plot. And I look at these things one by one to see how they're working together. And I make overall suggestions there. So you have an analysis of your manuscript. And how long is something like that, that, that letter that you just Oh, it can about? be 10, 15 pages. Okay. Some, some uh, developmental editors need to go even deeper and they, it, it depends on your relationship with the, with the person doing, doing the book. Mm -hmm. You know, um, mine are usually about 15 pages. Wow. Yeah. I, I had a developmental edit on um, the Emperor's Assassin. 
um, seven, eight years ago. And it, it was nine pages, single spaced. And it was a lot of what was good and what needed to be worked on. And then there was a lot of just kind of general advice about certain things, how certain things should be um, tackled. And I have that developmental edit somewhere on my computer somewhere, but a lot of it was like just general, this is how you need to do this. And this is how you need to do that. Um, do you include that or do you just- There is some of that, but I try to focus on the, the real distinct issues. And in the process of, of highlighting, for instance, an information dump, depending on the, the ability of the writer, I may go into more detail on how to fix such a thing. But the first priority is this book. How does this book need to be improved? Okay. You know, and if there is, you know, it's an editorial letter. It's, it's you know, I'm looking at the various different components and I'm ma matching it with what the writer might need to learn. Because really, when you have a good developmental edit, you're learning about your manuscript and you're learning about writing. And that's really valuable because, you know, you learn that, oh, I do that kind of stuff. I do that repetition or, or I did that really well. I didn't know that I did that really well, you know? So, so you take with you the observations of the developmental editor to the next book. It's kind of like a coaching thing as well. It really does sound like that. Now, I, okay, so this, I know a lot, a lot of people hesitate to, you know, employ or, you know, hire a developmental editor. And I think some of it, you know, maybe is the price, which we're not even going to be discussing, but I think some of it is they are, you know, you have somebody who is critiquing it and they're afraid. So I think you have to walk this fine line and I, how, what would you tell a, a would-be person who might come to you? Like, why not to be afraid of the developmental editor? Oh gosh, you know, <laughs> that's going to be a tagline on my on my website. You know, okay. Don't be afraid of your developmental <laughs> editor. That's great. Well, you know what? That that is once again part of our compatibility. If you trust me, then you will trust me when I say I'm. I want to make this better let's make this better together you know let's let's get your ideas across let's let's make it smoother let's lift the narrative so that it moves better and we do that by doing this this and this you know it's it's not a copy edit it's not you know changing a word changing the punctuation it's going much deeper and it's changing the way the machine works underneath your your novel or your nonfiction so you're for the writer. You're not there. Absolutely. To, you're not there to say, you know, you did this wrong and you did this wrong. No. You're here to say we can. We're going to make we're going to make this better. We're going to make this better. Yeah, we're going to make this better together. What? Um, so that that's the really benefit to the writer is making the manuscript better. Do you see any um, besides making the manuscript better? How else do you think it might help? the writer generally, perhaps with their next book or perhaps their path, whatever path they choose for writing? Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I come to the, the manuscript with what uh, a friend of mine calls a cold eye. I'm not there, I'm not there to, to, to tell you it's wonderful. 
I'm there with a cold eye to say, okay, let's see how this machine is put together. Let's, let's make this machine work better. Let's make this house stand up more solidly, you know? Uh, and, you know, it's, it's what I bring to the table. You know, it's my skills. You know, when, you, when you're a developmental editor, it, you develop certain skills on expressing your, um, your suggestions. You know, that's a skill that I'm always working on. How do I tell the person that this information dump could be better managed? You know, and, and it's, it, it, it helps over time to, do, to learn how to do that. I've taken courses because you're taking someone's work and, you know, picking it apart without, without critiquing it. It doesn't critique it. Because you're not saying this is good, this is not good. You're saying, oh, this works well, or this is not very smooth. This is going to take your reader off a tr off track from your from your novel. Okay, I like what you said about that. You're not critiquing it. You're pulling it apart and looking at the parts. I'm I'm looking at the machinery, you know, to see how smoothly it works. It doesn't it's make sure it doesn't drag unless it's supposed to, you know, make sure that that uh, your reader is never stops, never stops to say, wait a minute, what was that? Or wait a minute, that doesn't belong there. Or, you know, who is who's talking? <laughs> what, what are they saying? You okay. know, because readers are very sophisticated. Not only do they know what they're looking for. But they want to be in the in the novel with you. So often one of the big things I find is that the writer is telling too much. They're not giving a reader room to interpret what's going on for themselves, which is what they love to do. Right. So yeah. too too much info, too much doing too much for the reader, you know, explaining things too much to the reader when the reader should be there saying, oh, I know what's going on here. You know, what would you do if you came across a manuscript that you read and you just went, wow, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> that happens. How do you handle something like that? Well, you know, when when I read through it as a reader, you know, I'm just trying to read through it. And sometimes I have to push through to the end, you know, because I'm, I really am not the reader who can just say I'm not reading the rest of this. You know, I I'm, I'm reading it through. And then you step back and you say, okay, what, what pulled me out of that? What made me say, I don't want to read this, you know, and what remains, what is good about this? What is this book trying to do? Um, I really do say, how am I going to fix this? And I think about it and, you know, I go back to it. I go back several times. I turn it on its head. You know, I do all kinds of crazy things and then I can come up with a solution. You know, I, I, I was working on one recently where I, you know, I, I didn't know exactly how to fix it until I thought it through and I looked at some movies and I looked at some other books and I thought, wait a minute, I can do it like this. I wow. can fix it like this. You know, so I, I will be working with the writer to try to change this portion that doesn't work and weave it better into the story. Wow. That's. That's amazing. It's like you're you're hiring a brain, you're hiring yeah. a, another brain to to look at something which 
you know, let's face it, as a writer, you, we can't look at our things with a cold eye. We can't because we're too invested with it. In, and maybe I think I said something or I said it twice and I just don't remember anymore, you know, um, how I want the, I know how I feel when I write the scene, but is that what's coming across? Right. So it's hard for yeah. us to take, yeah, take that cold eye um, to do that. So that's okay. But then oh. let me let me go back to the relationship I might have with the writer, where I get an idea of what their intention is behind these, these characters' act, uh, behavior, or what, what they're trying to say, or what they're trying to express with this whole book. You know, it, it takes, you know, it takes understanding how the how the writer wants to tell the story you know and and that is there are clues to that all through the all through the manuscript you know you get to know the the writer through the manuscript oh that's very interesting okay so you, <laughs> you can you know you're a little you're in the brain of the writer then in a lot of ways which i maybe i hadn't even thought about that but you're right yeah, I, I worked on a manuscript and and I I said, oh my gosh, this this writer really has a sensitivity about this character, you know, and how did how did that happen? You know, they must have done yada yada yada, you know. And then there was another manuscript that I worked on that was a very difficult manuscript. And I thought, okay, what is this person trying to say? You know. And, and you peel back the layers of the detail and the voice and, and you try to figure out what are they trying to say? I think, um, you know, you've been talking about all this and all I can think of is that I had somebody, a, a professional, not a developmental editor, but a professional in the business, um, take a look at some of my pages for, it was the Impaler's Wife. And I remember them saying that they did not like the, um, they didn't like Vlad Dracula's voice. They said that they just didn't like it. Well, it was in third person. And uh, the other part of the book was um, in first person. So, and when I asked, what was it? It was very frustrating for me because they couldn't tell me what it was. Only that they didn't like it. <laughs> and- That's not enough. That's not enough. You have to, if something's not working, now that, that response is a response as a reader. Now I might say that I, I don't like that person. Oh, is that delicious? I'm really glad I don't like that person because maybe you want the reader not to like that person. So, you know, it, you, you wanna see how it all fits. I mean, if, if someone creates a character that they don't like, that, that says something. That says something about the effectiveness of that character that you wrote. You know, I, and so my question would be after something like that, okay, if I don't like this, this character, was that intentional? Do you want me not to like this character? Because you're gonna, you're gonna turn me and I'm gonna, I'm gonna like the character in the end and won't that be delicious? And you know what, I'm glad you said that because at the time, I don't think I had the confidence really to argue with this person or to ask those questions. But when I look back now, years later, I would have said exactly that. 
the the, re the the reasons that the that the author gave to me was what that character was and so it was supposed to come off like that and i at the time i just didn't um you know well, I didn't, you didn't know concept. what you were doing you didn't know how effective you were being you know right. and if you have somebody tell you oh i really don't like that that character and boy what a good job you're doing making me not like that character well you know, and is that part of your is that part of your plot and your character arc? Right. So, so there, are, there are more questions to ask than what's on the surface. And now, and then you brought that up and then I'm thinking, and then I had a, a person beta read a, one of my uh, Merkaba series and they said they didn't like the main, the male, the male character, the, the heartthrob. And they, their reason was uh, too, too macho. And, good so at that point i was able to say well good and 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 guess what this isn't a it's a romance but there's more to this than than it just a romance and maybe maybe with with that character arc for that character that was supposed to start that way because it's going to change right right yeah. so i think a lot of times people put their own things into it too i mean there wasn't a developmental edit it was just like a, a beta read kind of thing which is a little bit different but you go into depth and that's that's interesting that you're looking at the writer you're looking at the characters what do you find because we talk about this all the time but what do you um are there like a top three or a top struggle that you see across the board with new writers you know what? I was thinking about that, and I wrote down. I wrote down some list. Um, <laughs> I think a, a, a very general uh, explanation is that writers accidentally pull the reader out of the story with something they're trying to put. They they either use the wrong term or they position their character wrong. They do things that make the reader say, "What?" I'm out of the story. What was that? Okay. That's the big thing that I look for because I want your reader to, to be smooth. That could be phrases that are out of place. That could be um, characterizations that don't fit. Uh, that would, that could be information dumps where a reader will say, oh, I don't want to read this. You know, anything that, that makes a reader say, wait, stop. What was that? Actually, unless you know that was intentional unless you want the reader to do that which is what a twist is right now now that kind of ties into where if it's overwritten then you're telling too much and you're not giving the reader a chance to in, invest themselves in your story and and get involved in figuring things out that's why mysteries are so much fun is because the reader will get involved with trying to solve the mystery okay. and if you give away all the information you know, then, then you've taken that away from your reader. One of the things that I often see is head hopping. That's a point of view thing. Head hopping is tough and it's so easy to fix. Um, it, you know, I think that if there's a, something a new writer should really learn about its point of view so that you learn the point of view of your character and stick in that point of view. If you're going to be first person, then you're going to stick with first person and you're going to know what's in their head. If it's third person, you're not going to know what's in their head, you know, because you're watching it. Right. 
Um, and, and head hopping, you know, puts the reader in everybody's head. And unless you really want to do that, you're going you're gonna to confuse the reader, your reader. Now, there, are, there are very successful um, examples of chapter by chapter changing the point of view, but point of view is a very complicated topic and we're going to have to talk about that another day. <laughs> okay. So um, you said head hopping, definitely head hopping. Okay. So I've got the first one being taking them out of the story. The second is head hopping. And then you just like kind of three is just POV. I think that that um, having inadequate conflict within your story does not give your story a forward momentum. You have to have a forward momentum in your story. You don't, you're not just sitting there talking about a situation. You have to have a story. No struggle, no story. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a struggle. Mm -hmm. And there's layers and layers of conflict. That's the beauty of conflict. And it's one of the things that I have on my, on my, one of my episodes is about all the different kinds of conflict and to keep adding layers of conflict. So do you think it's easy to add if, if they don't have enough conflict, do you suggest conflict or do you just say need more conflict? Oh no. Oh no. You know, I might say that in my track changes, but when I go back to the track changes and see what I've said, then I have to talk about that a little more. Then, then you would say, okay, there's inadequate conflict and the story is not moving forward the way it could. Take another look at your characters doing this, this, or this, and see if you can put some conflict in there. So I, I, I don't just point out, I also give some suggestions on fixing it. So, you know, the developmental editor will look through and find the places it's not working and offer suggestions on how to fix it. Okay. Now, one of my pet peeves when I read is that, the, that there's no character arc and that the character has no growth. No struggle, no story. Mm -hmm. They don't it's have that. To, yeah, that's all back to conflict. You know, your, your character needs to have a starting point and it needs to have obstacles and then there needs to be a change at the end. Right. Do you see that? I think some people, some writers do that naturally, but I think some writers, especially new writers struggle with that whole character arc thing. <laughs> that's, that's worth a whole separate okay. conversation. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes also the, a writer does not develop that or use that as a strategy. You know, it, it's kind of ties into, you know, knowing how your character is going to end. You know how it's going to begin, you know how they're going to end, and your story is in between. In between. Yeah. So, okay, we've talked about a lot of different things and things that you look for and you, that you put things on track changes and then you write the, 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 the letter. Uh, to them after the letter and you send off the letter and you send off the track changes, then what? Then we have a conversation because I always include a uh, discussion afterwards. You know, um, I will send the, the letter, which goes into detail. They will have a copy of the manuscript with all the track changes within it so that they can cross-reference if they want. And then after they have a chance to, to read it over, we can get together on the phone or on Zoom and talk about everything I, I came up with. 
so it really is a you know a full rounded um, analysis. So let's just say we're going to take this one step further because I think people who don't know anything about developmental edits are you know don't know anything about developmental edits, right? So you have so we've had the conversation, right? We you, you told me what I needed to fix or what I needed to to improve upon, right? And then I then I do it. Okay, then I think I do it. I think I've done it. I think I've addressed it. Then what? Do I come back to you? Your choice. Your choice. You can. You can. I, I've had, uh, I, I did a developmental edit. And what happened was that the, the writer took the advice, re, reorganized the manuscript, and then took it to his critique group. And his critique group, uh, you know, congratulated him for correcting the things that they didn't know how to correct, didn't know how to tell him about. Okay. You know, and then um, I've also had a client who did all the things that, that I suggested and then said, would you please read it again? You know, and I said, well, sure, I will. I, you know, it doesn't have to be a full development or edit. I can, I can do a, de uh, a developmental edit light and see how you're doing. <clears throat> So I go through it again and I say, oh yeah, you've really changed this. You've really made this work because I had experience with the, with the first round. And, and then I can say, okay, but this part still is not working. Let's see if we can make this work better. You know, the intention is always to make the book better, make it, make it more satisfying to a reader. To do the developmental edit, to have the writer make some of those changes and then to take it to their critique group that's a good way to, to see how they've, how they've done with it. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm, I'm a newbie writer and I would like a developmental edit, what could you say to me that would make me say, yes, I definitely need that developmental edit. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Gosh, that's a good question. I, um, I, I don't use force. <laughs> I don't say you have to do this. No. Um, I can say that when you, when you involve a development edit, editor, you are inviting an opportunity to make your book better, to make it read better, to make it more satisfying to, a, to a, someone who's going to read it. And you will be much more proud of, of your effort because your name is going to be on this book. And if you put it online, it's going to be on the book forever. You know, so you want to make sure that your your effort is the best it can be. Um, and a developmental edit will keep you from um, you know, making mistakes. You know, making mistakes that you're not aware of. And and I feel it 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 doesn't matter if you're a new writer. You're trying to tell a story. So let's see if we can work with this story so that you tell it better. And it comes across better, you know, because every every book that you work on prepares you for the next book that's going to be better than this one. You know, I I mean I'm a huge fan of developmental editors because I think it is like it's working one on one with somebody who who's who's has expertise in all of that, and so they're guiding you along these things that you just didn't see a lot, like you just didn't see, or sometimes you just don't know, you know, you, you don't know that you needed to have more of this and less of this. Well, uh, and on, on the other hand, you don't know that you've done something well. Right. 
Right. You don't know you right exactly. And I think book books have changed. And so I think a lot of times when we look at books even that were written 20 years ago, there's a lot more, there's a lot less white space in the book. There's a lot more going in, there's a lot more information. And I think books now are are faster paced. Well, that is, that's true. That's true. And, and, you know, that the pace, pacing is a, a big deal in a, in a book. And I think that when you're talking about books from a while ago, yeah, there was a lot more time spent on certain aspects of that book. And yes, readers now want something faster um, and want, want the entertainment to go faster. So, you know, you have to distill your information and, and get it across without, you know, with, with, without any major gaps in what you're trying to say. Right. Then again, you've, you've always had writers who wrote thick. They wrote really thick books. Mitch and you still do. I mean, look at Brian Sanderson. He's 600 pages and people eat it up. Mm -hmm. Or, or then, you, then you get a, a writer who writes very thin and, and writes very distilled uh, stories. Um, you know, it's more like poetry. You know, Raymond Carver writes very distilled um, uh, stories and they come across as James Salter also doesn't need to say a whole lot and it comes comes across very powerfully but it you know that that's really genre oriented you know if you're if you're doing a fantasy um you you need to spend time building that world so you're not just taking all of those things that we discussed in consideration you're also looking at genre absolutely Absolutely. You know, you want to make sure that the conventions of the genre have satisfied the reader. And what I keep saying over and over again is that you've got a reader and you're trying to, to satisfy your reader with your story. You want them turning the pages. You know, you want them saying, oh my gosh, I have to put this aside. I've thought about this. I have to think about this. Sometimes you want them to stop turning the pages. But the whole idea is to have a happy reader yeah. and I think sometimes writers forget that yeah <clears throat> especially new writers they're writing for themselves which is basically what we have to do anyway we have to write for ourselves but your audience you have to satisfy the conventions of the genre and I and I know people like to go outside of those conventions and you can and you can't I guess would be <laughs> What, what is what I would say to that? What do you? Well, yes, and, and there are examples of that all over the place. You can put a romance in a thriller. Mm -hmm. You know, you can put, um, uh, you know, a um, fantasy in in a romance. You know, you can you can blend them together. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, there are conventions of each of the genres that that have to satisfy. You know, you 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 can put romance in a thriller but you better not stop that pace <laughs> right you don't stop the thriller pace for the romance i think developmental editing is would be so challenging to do because like i said you have to do all of those things and then yet work with people who may or may not be stubborn <laughs> right 
or you, you know, you have to explain things that perhaps they just don't know, you know, like I said, in a lot of ways, you're, you're there to show them what's good, like you said, and then, and I don't even like to use the word lacking because people don't ever want to say they're lacking, but I love what you say, make it better. But, you know, sometimes a writer doesn't know what they're doing. They, they don't realize that, oh my gosh, I've come across a problem in this, the third part of this book and I have to solve it. So I think I'll just throw this in. No, 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 you can't do that. You can't just throw something in. It's got to be woven in. You know, you've got to have a structure. The house has got to stand solid before you put the stuff in it. Now, I mean, you know, for traditionally publishing, they would come back with things, you know, it was like, take this paragraph out here, expand this, add a chapter here, nothing really major. You know, we need you to shift, get rid of this, change this metaphor, <laughs> whatever. You use this metaphor, very, very small stuff. But even that stuff took me a while to do, to get it right, to rethink that metaphor or to create this chapter where, okay, they want this chapter for X and now I have to think about what to do and still keep the pacing uh, with all of it. But do you find that perhaps, and maybe you do know, maybe you don't know, I'm not sure, but when a writer gets that developmental edit back, should they take a breather? Should they just take a rest? Do they, do you, I'm assuming that you don't think they can fix, you know, improve, make those improvements in a week. Do you have? It's on their schedule. It's okay. on their schedule. You know, and, and let me point out that some of the things you were talking about were line edits. Okay. And I, while I will stray a little bit into line edits, I try to leave that out. Um, I, I might say, okay, this metaphor is not working, you know, how about trying this or try something like this? But I try to stay away from copy editing, you know, because that's copy editing or that's line. Editing. But developmental editing and line editing can a lot can work together. Um, and I think that if you think about the the really old classic type of editor writer relationships, you're going to be talking about an, an editor who gets real invested in what you're writing. And I, unfortunately, I don't think publishers can do that anymore. They need things to work more quickly. And that's why you, you, you need to hire one yourself. You know, I mean, I'm not Max Perkins, but I, I try to work with a, a writer the way Max Perkins worked with, who was it, Faulkner or Fitzgerald, something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah you know, um, you hear stories about how uh, an editor really pushed the writer to write a certain thing. And, and you know, I, I'm not sure that's always the, the best way. I think you have, to, you have to consider what the writer is trying to say themselves and help them say it. I think that's, I think that's amazing because you're looking at all different writing styles, writing level, writing skills, and no matter what the style or skill level you're there. And I think that's a very challenging job. You're there to help them improve. Well, you know, I, I've often talked about how developmental editing is kind of like channeling. I have to get into that person and figure out what they're trying to say, how they're saying it, what they bring to that story that maybe they're not saying and, and how they're telling the story. So I have to 
kind of get right under them, right? Right under the words and see what's going on under the words. I love that channeling. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes you, you might not want me to channel, but you know, and, and sometimes you might not want me to see what I see, you know? But uh, let me go back to that example I gave you earlier where I was reading and I was thinking, oh my gosh, this, there's a real sensitivity to this character. And I can see the emotions in this character. And how did that writer know that? That writer must be experienced in understanding the, you know, the character and the emotions, either from their experience or from their work. You know, you can really tell a lot about a writer by and I, you know, you know, I'm certain that when you get to a certain level of accomplishment, you can do you can express whatever you want. But then you kick in as a reader and say, oh, this is exactly what you wanted me to think, isn't it? You okay. manipulated me. And that's the fun. That's the fun for writers. That's the fun of it. We like to manipulate you for sure. Yeah. yeah. And you manipulate me based on the way you've expressed the characters, the way you've moved the story, the way you've paced it, what information you have left out as much as the information you have put in. And I think that's, for a writer, that's the fun part, but also the struggle, the what do you leave out? Yeah. And and because I'm writing a story right now, it's first draft, very going very slowly because I'm working, yada, yada. But as I'm writing, I'm like, don't I want to leave this out? Yeah, I want to leave this bit of information out. I may need to throw it in there at some time. Think about yourself as a, as a reader. Mm -hmm. well, if you can change that hat on yourself, try to read it as a reader. As, and, that's, and that's why I think, you know, after, you know, 11 books that I've written, you, <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's like just writing la, 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 la anymore because you're, you are the reader and you are the development of editor and you're like, Oh, I want to say, no, I don't want to say that yet. Do I want to say that yet? No, I'm going to save right. that tidbit. I'm going to save that tidbit. You're thinking about the strategy. Mm -hmm. And I would say that, that, you know, as a developmental editor, I'm trying to find the strategy for telling the story. What mix of character and pacing and setting and plot will be the right strategy to tell the story you're trying to tell? Love it. Love it. Okay. So Pam, thank you so much for oh, joining. Gosh, I could talk about this forever. I mean, there's, <laughs> you know, there's, it's endless. It's it endless. is, it is endless. And so thank you very much for joining us today. I please leave, drop your comments. Uh, you know, in the description box below for Pam and for me. And um, have you, what kind of developmental edit have you had? Have you ever had one? Are you on the fence still about getting a developmental editor? Or are all you all fired up now for a developmental edit? And Shepherd Edits will be in the link below so you can contact Pam directly for that developmental edit. Thank you. Okay. This is fun. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. It's been great, and we will see you next week. And remember to dream, create, and embrace. And embrace that developmental edit. Bye-bye. <laughs>